Hi everyone, I'm Rachel Zabonik-Chanko and welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. This next conversation features Alan Leach, the CEO and Director of Sales and Marketing for Westwood Clubs. We have a really great chat surrounding some membership sales tips that club operators can really benefit from and talk about the importance of having a professional sales system. Enjoy. Well, Alan, let's start off the conversation by just touching on maybe some of the biggest challenges facing club operators today when it comes to membership sales. Hey, thank you for having me on your podcast, Rachel. I think if we stick to the basics when it comes to membership sales, the biggest challenge is having new members and getting new members and doing what you need to do to get those new members. If I was to divide that up, um, the first thing for most sales departments and health clubs is lead generation. I mean, you need to have uh, a steady supply of people who you can contact or who have shown an interest in your products. That's what we talk about when we say lead generation is targeting people who have problems that you can solve. Um, And there's many ways to do that. And I can talk about that in a while. But so the first thing for many clubs is lead generation. If you don't have people making inquiries or checking out your club, well, you're not going to be in business for very, very long. The second thing for most sales departments is when you get leads, however you get them, is for many clubs is to get those people to come and visit your club or see your club or try your club. And that's the second thing. Now, that has changed slightly in the budget market in that the budget market tends to have only a two-step sales process. Somebody lands on a website, they see the club, they view it, and then they join online. And they're probably less reliant on having those people come and visit the club first. Um, In our clubs and many clubs, the idea is that you get those leads to come and visit your club. And then the third challenge is obviously for many clubs is getting those people to become members or become clients and decide to buy the product. So they would be the three. I think the other thing for a lot of clubs is, particularly people new to the market is, that attrition and people leaving is a part of the business. You're never going to have zero attrition. So if you're in business and you have 4,000 members, if 50% of them leave, you have to get another 2,000 members and that never stops, it's every year. Um, and even if it's you know 25% attrition and you have 4,000 members, you've got to get another 1,000 members every year just to stand still. Um, I certainly don't believe clubs only have 25% attrition. I think it's a lot closer to the 40 or 50%. So that challenge of always having to replace those members that leave is a big one. Uh, I think a, another challenge for a lot of fitness businesses is, you know, what sort of a sales department do you want to have? I mean, if you're a club with six or 700 members, you probably can't afford to have dedicated sales teams. You will tend to have maybe a general manager who is your sales manager and your salesperson and everything else. So that challenge of, you know, making that's usually what I come across with clubs is, do you have a dedicated sales team or do you have cross-trained staff that will do both sales and kind of run the club? And I think the other thing too is for a lot of clubs is, I see more and more the idea of aligning sales and marketing because as companies grow and they have more clubs, sometimes they may add a marketing department who may not have ever worked in sales or presented the club. So they're working on digital marketing and branding and positioning. And then you have the salespeople selling and they don't always align together. At Westwood Club, we don't have that problem because, you know, I'm the sales director and the marketing director and the CEO, so you don't have that problem. But many, many clubs, as they start to grow, can have sales departments and marketing departments not always agreeing with each other. So they would generally be, in my book, the challenges most sales departments would face. 
Yeah. Well, you know, what are some of the best practices you can share for how clubs can overcome some of the challenges that you just listed? The number one, the number one, and this is what I'd say to anybody, if you own a club, and unless you get this right, you probably can't overcome those challenges, is that you build a very, very strong sales culture. In any company, the culture is normally decided by the people with the power, um, not most people at the top, but the people with the power. And they can make a decision that will become an operational culture, a service culture, you know, a fitness culture, or you can become a sales culture. Uh, if you want to deal with the issues of sales, you really need a sales or marketing culture where, you know, everybody's focused that sales is a big part of the business model. Okay, that's number one, because to make sales successful, you do need to support, you know, of the owners and the people at the top and managers. So that'd be the first. The second thing is, and I say this over and over again, you cannot really be a top sales department without sales training. I, I truly believe that success in the fitness industry, particularly if you're a fitness club, a personal training studio, or at, at the high price end, that sales training needs to be a big part of the way you run your business and people often ask how often should you do sales training i don't think you can ever do it enough you know you know maybe sales training you know at least every month sometimes shorter sales kind of mentor sessions every week with constant constant sales training in our club sales training is five days full classroom-based sales training before a salesperson would ever make a presentation to a potential member. The other thing too is choosing a really good sales manager um, who's going to manage 365 days of the year what happens in sales at your club. For us, and this would be a strong recommendation I'd have, if you have a sales culture, if you have a lot of sales training, if you have good sales staff, you should not, in my book, have to go externally for a sales manager. I've never recruited a sales manager externally in 30 years. Every sales manager has come up to the ranks, knows that system really well, has been involved in training. And by the time they go into sales management, you know, they've built up a reputation and a culture where they can carry that on. I think the other thing too, with some of the challenges is trying to, you know, long-term think of database management. You know, sales staff, sales managers, general managers need to be thinking, how do we build our database of potential new members. We have a database of 250,000 leads, and that's because we make a rule number one, we work hard to get that database built up. So, you know, if we're doing lead generation and those people don't buy today or don't come to see us today, it means in the future down the road, we can target them with direct marketing, email marketing, SMS marketing, direct mail. So database management is a big part of what we do. And how we get those leads, that's the other thing. Because lead generation, I believe, has changed drastically in the last five or 10 years. The internet and marketing automation systems has made lead generation so, so easy if it's done right. Literally, if you, what I call lead generation on autopilot, we have a website, we have marketing automation software, we have great lead forms on our website. So every day, without much effort, we're getting leads every day. While we sleep, when we're closed, they're coming directly into our database all the time. And we're generating about 2,500 leads per month through our website. So I think they would be the things. Strong sales culture, make sales training priority number one. Make sure you have a good sales manager. Uh, think database management. And, and the other thing which I should, probably should say there is, and again, I'll go back to it, is choosing the sales model that fits in with your fitness product. 
the sales model of a club like ours, which is the premium end, probably is not feasible when you're charging $15 a month. You know, yeah. it makes a lot more sense in that situation, probably uh, to work on lead generation and then target those people through digital marketing campaigns, email campaigns, SMS campaigns. I don't think the club with six or 700 members or the club charging $15 a month can afford to have four or five full-time salespeople working internally. Yeah. Um, how can clubs decide what sales model is going to be the best fit for their club? Well, the, the thing that a club needs to decide is, can you actually afford salespeople on the premises all day? If you're charging 10 or $15 a month, it's a very quick, you're, you're, you're now moving into the, the low involvement decision. It's 10 or $15 a month. How can I lose? I'm not signing a contract. So a lot of that sold online. The way I would normally advise clubs is, because there's so many different models out there now. If you're an average price to premium price and you're going, you know, on the 700 members or something, I personally think like something like the anytime model where the general manager is the sales manager and also a salesperson and they're responsible for getting that. So they're going to have to develop skills and sales skills themselves as a manager. When that club grows to 1500, 2000, they might have one or two salespeople when you're in the 4,000 member club, you can have maybe three, one as a sales manager, two as a salespeople. One thing in our clubs is it doesn't matter how good you are. If you're a sales manager, you have to sell. There's no room for a sales manager in our clubs that doesn't sell. They would have to be a top sales performer because you're operating on this kind of model of one salesperson, two, three, four, five. I think then when clubs are up in the you know, seven, eight, nine, 10, 12,000 member range. Well, then they can afford to have a sales manager and four or five sales staff. So a lot of it comes down to how many members do you have? How much revenue are you generating? How much profit are you generating? And what you're charging? An example, just to take it further is, you see the models now where the smaller clubs that charge very, very high fees, 200, $250 a month, they do very well on a thousand members or 1500 members. They could have a sales team because you're selling a high price product. So just to sum it up, I think if you're in the six, seven, 800 member club, you're going to be probably, to be honest with you, the owner, the general manager, the sales manager, and the salesperson. If you're in the 1500, your general manager is selling and maybe one or two people are selling as well. Once you get to the two and a half thousand, you're charging a good price. You can be up to a general manager, a sales manager and two sales staff. When you start to go into the 6,000, 7,000, 8,000, 10,000 member club, you can be into up to where our biggest club is with 11,000 members is a sales manager with five sales staff and they're spread out throughout the week. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit along those lines about the value of a professional sales system. Um, what is that value for maybe some operators who may not understand why they should go about having one? Amazing question, Rachel. I meet with a lot of clubs and a lot of managers and a lot of conferences. And in the industry, what you have is, on one hand, owners who have realized the potential of a professionally trained sales team. And once they realize that, you will see they never go back. They realize that, you know, a club that had 2,000 members could become a 4,000 member club with a professional sales system, a professional sales management, and professional sales teams. On the other hand, you have people who enter the industry who have no concept or understanding of what a professional sales system can do. You know, many, many years ago, 
at a nurse conference, I heard Jim Smith, Smith speak, and he talked about that if you followed his sales systems, you could increase new membership sales by 40%. Now, when he said that, I remember in the audience, most people thought, how could you increase sales by 40% if you've been in the business for years? I've seen increases of 60%, 75%, you know, 113% in one situation by simply taking exactly the same product, same facility, same equipment, same prices, and increase new member sales by 60, 70, 80, 100% quite easily. Um, and when you transfer that into money, it's lots and lots of money. It's in the millions. You look at Westwood Club, 15 years ago, we put in a sales system. Three years later, went into the worst recession the country had ever seen since nearly over 100 years. Nearly every competitor went out of business. Uh, Westwood Club was able to grow in that recession. And everybody at the company would say it was put down to professional sales. I mean, one way to look at it is that if you see 100 people who come into your club, the question is how many of those people will buy the product, particularly when we're in the $120 range. If you don't have a sales system or if some of, if 100 people met, even in our clubs, people who are not trained in sales, don't know the sales system, don't understand the importance of the sales system, we've seen closing ratios as low as 5%. But if we use our sales teams and our sales professionals and they follow the system and they're well managed, those sales closing rates can go up to 73%. So in one situation out of 100 people who walk into the club, you're getting five members. In the other situation, you're getting 73 members. And we measure it very, very closely. So what I say is that is one of the challenges. Um, not a challenge is when you look at the industry, there are some people that just invest money and never realize that all you need to be successful and take it to the next level is a professional sales system and a professional sales team. Some, when they go into the industry, realize it very quickly. Some take some time to realize that. Some never realize it. Yeah. Again, uh, I, I'll make the point just to qualify it. That is slightly different. Well, it's probably a lot different in the budget market where the decision is made, uh, not a whole lot of staff, build a club, put a great website up, be good at digital marketing, advertise your prices, join online. Um, it is a different model. Well, let's say I am a club that really would benefit um, from a professional sales system. Um, what resources can I look to to go about developing one? Another great question. I get that asked all the time. You know, the first thing I'd say to any club that wants to be successful in sales, the number one is that you realize the importance of a sales system. You've made the decision. We have to have a sales system. Number two don't try and do it on your own, okay? You've got to decide, well, what type of sales system? Now, you can get sales systems that suit any industry. You know, there's 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 lots of them out there, sales training. The Sandler Institute do sales training. There's lots of other ones that do sales training, which is sales training that could be used in any industry. And to be honest with you, Rachel, you'll find they're very similar to professionals, very similar. The idea of building rapport, doing a needs analysis, being great at asking questions and presenting the product. So really you're getting a system that could use any industry. Then you have ones that are specific to the fitness industry. You know, Casey Conrad, um, there's other ones out there in the States as well. And again, you'll find they're very similar. Uh, my recommendation would be to go to one that's suited to the industry. 
because it's been used over and over and over again. I do a lot of sales training abroad in different countries. Uh, I do a lot of work, you know, Mexico, States, Europe. Um, but there's no doubt that when you present a club, here's a sales system that's been used for 20 or 30 years. Uh, here's how it works. Uh, it's a three-day program, a five-day program. The other thing I'd advise clubs is if you take on board a sales system and that involves sales training, make sure that sales manuals and that are provided with that training. The reason I say that, Rachel, is if you get a once-off training session and everybody's going to be excited, everybody's going to be into it, and it'll work for a while, and then the system will start to disappear because the sales managers left, sales staff have left, and before you know it, that system that you paid for is not being used. So the most important is when you find somebody who's going to provide sales training, you need to make the decision, how do we make this system part of our business? And that again comes back to the culture supports the use of that system, the regular consistent sales training that that system is used every day. And over time and over the years, if you have a lot of clubs, you have salespeople that really know that system well, and then they can step in to manage and make sure the people that are report to them are following that system. The real, real sweet spot is if you can get one of those to become your trainer internally, because the need for sales training does not go away. Like one thing is that I would do a lot of companies is if they choose to do sales training, is to specifically say that the very senior people in the company should attend that training um, so that they understand the importance of it. So off the top of my head, yeah, there's Casey Conrad, there's sales makers, there's a few others in the States. And look, if they approach you or they approach Ursa, you know, just make sure the one that you go with has a good reputation. That's all I'll say. Yeah, so you really got to embed it into the culture and reinforce yes. it continuously. Yeah. And the other thing too, by the way, is it's probably happened in our company is if you find, <laughs> I always love this, if I'm training people, which we do all our training internally for years, the real, again, sweet spot is when a salesperson says, starting off do you know any books on sales i know i've got a superstar in front of me because somebody that's prepared to look at sales as you know lifelong learning you know i don't i used to always use the quote years ago when people asked me how long does it take to get good at sales and i used to always give the same answer well i've been doing it for 20 years now i think in another 15 years i'll get the hang of it <laughs> um, so really you know i have a library you're reading sales books you're watching sales videos and people are spoiled now there's a lot of this stuff on youtube but it's about making the decision that this is our sales system and we're going to follow it and we need everybody to follow it we may change it over time but for the moment this is the system it's been proven it's used in many different companies and it works but now there are some incredible books out there on sales the the good idea with a system and sales training is somebody's already formatted that well you bring up a good point though because there is a lot of information on the web with conflicting sales information and there's a lot of stuff for clubs to sift through um yeah how do you go about deciding you know what you should be paying attention to and what is good sales advice it's interesting is i, I won't name the book but i i know one or two books that are online as great sales books and uh, they're dreadful to be honest with you some of them are just <laughs> and that's books that are you know best sellers on amazon yeah. Um the reason i say that I'm, well one way i say they're dreadful is you get a book that comes online about sales and 95 percent of the about is about motivation and you know determination and confidence but not giving you any techniques that's the problem 
And some of the best sales books are the ones that give you the technique. Here's how to build rapport. Here is why you ask questions. Here's some great questions to ask. Here's the next stage of a sale. I think, and this is what I would say to answer your question. If you have a sales system, right? that's built like our sales system that we use okay it's been built over 31 years um, and it never stops changing the vast majority of that is built on the concept of questions so a sales system that teaches you the importance when you're sorry when you're face to face with a potential member somebody has walked in the door and said I've no time I've no money I've no interest I don't like you and I don't trust you have you a system that could get someone like that to give you their credit card in 45 minutes. That's what you're looking at. So if you look at our system and you'll find that the base, the best systems that are out there in sales incorporate most of this. Number one, that you really have a great approach when you go to talk to a potential client or member of potential personal training client. You do a really good needs analysis where you really ask lots of questions about what that person wants, what they're trying to achieve, what their fears are, what their worries are, what their concerns are, what their experience is. Is this a regular trainer? Is this a new trainer? Are they trying to lose weight? How much weight is it? Fitness, whatever it is. The third thing is that you're trying to deal with objections before they come up. So you know on a regular basis that price is an issue or you know on a regular basis that time is an issue or you know you're constantly being hit with I need to think about it. You build those objections in. The next step normally in a sales process is you would say, okay, Rachel, that's what you want to achieve. Let me just talk about different ways you can go and do that. You're not even selling your club at this stage. You're just telling Rachel, here's what you'd need to do. You'd need to do this. You need to do that. So the potential member is trusting you, is liking you, is believing you. And then you would present what I call as your result system. So the personal training down, Judy might down the road might have a different way of getting people results. The big box club is a different way. The personal trainers different way so at that stage they've really bought into it and then obviously in a big club you tour them and the whole idea of closing the sale most good sales systems would have those you know seven parts in a sale and then sales training and sales systems go into them in great detail but you know what i will say about the stuff that you see online the different courses and to give everybody the credit i've never been to a sales seminar or a sales speaker where i did not learn something even the worst I learned something. If it reminds you of the basics, it was worth it. Um, you know, in fairness, and I have a tons and tons of sales books, and you'll always learn something from them. Always. Yeah. What I will say to you is, some of the absolute best were probably written forty or fifty years ago. That's yeah. the truth, without a doubt, yeah. because that's when people have to knock on doors and really do do their. Uh, you know, their Brian Tracy is very good. Brian Tracy's books are very good. Tom Hopkins books are very good again i swear by them and most sales system you know david sandler he's dead now wrote a great book they don't teach you how they don't teach you how to ride a bike at a conference i think it's the name but but an incredible book uh, but uh, when people look at it different ways of doing these things you'll always learn something one thing i do tell people when they really get into sales and they start reading books is the really good ones generally you're worse after reading the book because you've learned something new and you've got to practice it but there's no harm in going online and looking at things. But again, if you look at ours, I can say ours is still formatted into a training program. So anybody can pick up ours and say, here's the sales system. We have another part of the training, which is, I think it's 420 questions to ask in a sale. 
everything there is mapped out. So yes, it's robbed from all different industries and books that were written 90 years ago and 80 years ago and 60 years ago and Jordan Belford and little tips here, but it's all built into a system that we use that we measure the effectiveness of. That that salesperson is using this system and of every 100 people they see, you know, 71 are buying membership. This is a new person, 50 are buying membership. We're fine with that. Um, so we know it works and we fine tune it. Yeah. So if I can just finish, Rachel, I would say the most important thing is to have a system. Have one. Even if it's not the best, have one. Yeah. Because once you do that and people are following it, you can change along the way. So your core system stays the same, but then you can do little tweaks maybe with technology or how you're yes. marketing and things like well, that. Well, even sometimes, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, words, you know, questions, the conversation between a, a salesperson and a prospect, it's about saying, well, the first thing to a salesperson, how good are you at building rapport? Let's work on that. Even if you sell nobody, I need to get you good at that. How good are you doing the needs analysis? Let's work in that. Okay, you're really great at every section. Just want to go over the clothes with you. And then once they get that, the regular training uh, just makes them better at it and makes them, you know, role play. If I can explain the way we would tend to do it, brand new salesperson comes in and gets five days sales training. They go out and they work for two or three months. Within three months, they're back in again to do that training again because, because we're a big company, the sales training is happening all the time. So people can go to the same training, three, four, five. By the time somebody has become a sales manager at that company, they've probably been through that sale, same sales training 10, 15 times, 20 times because they know the way to get into management, they can make a lot of money, is by being a great salesperson, they get promoted to a sales manager, um, and they're a very senior person in the company. So they, and the way they look at it is, whether they stay with us or go somewhere else, they wanna be able to learn to train other people too. Well, let's get into a little bit of maybe some tips that you can share for how to close a sale. And maybe like, what are your thoughts on if a sale should be closed on the first visit? One word. <laughs> yes, uh, in ours, absolutely. You're going to hear different opinions. I'll give you mine and all our salespeople know first visit closing all the time. Um, and the reason we do that is, look, we measure absolutely everything. Just because one person came back does not mean that BBACs come back. In our system is if they do not make a decision when they're motivated to do something, the chances they're going to walk back in next week are very, very, very slim. You know, sales at the end of the day, you're competing with your competitors. Um, I always believe this, that when somebody walks into our club or someone has made an appointment to come in or someone has phoned, um, there's one of three things going to happen. One, they buy from you. Two, they buy from a competitor. Or three, they don't buy from anybody. Yeah. And I think if it's number three, if they don't buy from anybody, it's probably another 12 months before they think about it again. Yeah. So our system is very much based on making a decision on that first day, even to the point. It's funny when you talk about commissions and everything else at our club, it's very simple. If you have a potential client in front of you and you, I don't know, go to the bathroom for 20 minutes and somebody else gets that person to join, the person that gets them to join is the one that's responsible for the sale and gets commission. Yeah. So it is very much, look, I'm in this 30 years, anybody that's in the industry a long time will tell you, you know, you've got to try and get them to buy on the first visit. Um, and that's it. Because I've seen BBACs do not come back. 
and, they, and like just to show you the exact the idea behind BBAC's not coming back, we do a lot of direct marketing and uh, spend a lot of money on direct marketing. So we're marketing to our database of leads that have been generated to all the lead generation tools we use, and they're very profitable. They're very profitable on a one percent people are buying. This is on direct marketing, so we send out two hundred fifty thousand. So as I say to people. These people are being given in a very, very attractive offer tw twice a year with a hugely reduced entrance fee. Now, they're the people that may have made contact with us before and yet it's 1%. What makes you honestly believe that when you speak to somebody, they're gonna arrive in here next week and buy? Again, another quote from Brian Tracy, who's an incredible trainer and incredible writer. He said, never trust anybody when they say they're going to come back, no matter how honest they seem. <laughs> Yeah. So really, yes, our system is based, and we have specific closing techniques. What I will say to you, Rachel, is when I tell people about our closing techniques and everything else, I always say, look, we're, our sale takes 40 minutes, 45 minutes, uh, on average, 40, 45 minutes by the time you meet a client and present the prices. No matter what your closing tricks are, they really only work if the first 40 minutes has done done really well. That means you really looked at that potential member between the eyes with a strong desire to help them get the absolute best results. You show a lot of empathy. It's not trickery. You ask a lot of questions about what they want. You're a really good people person. You've explained the product thing. They trust you. They believe you. Um, you've really made the whole fitness product simple to them. Um, and you really want to help them. And if you do that, well, then closing becomes a lot easier. Well, let's talk a little bit more about some of the common mistakes that you see clubs making when it comes to sales, specifically competing on price. What are your thoughts on that? Well, well, the first thing with regard to the common mistakes, and I did repeat it earlier, I said it earlier, is one, when it comes to clubs, is really, really get to understand the uh, value of a sales system and a sales team. And that's just about measuring it, okay? As far as competing in prices, it is one of the major mistakes clubs are making. They honestly, believe or think that this person in front of them is going to make a decision on price. Every bit of research that's been done has shown that is not the case outside the industry. What you have, Rachel, is for years and years and years, most marketeers like me and even academics studied the idea of how do you sell, how do you market, how do you brand, how do you position. Very, very few people ever did research on the customer's perception of price. More and more that's being done now. What is the customer's perception of price? And if I can remember the quote exactly, basically what it is is this, when I say the secrets of selling, price is rarely the issue that you think it is when it comes to buying decisions. Now, what they're saying is, yes, it can be on the odd occasion, but it's very rare where price is the issue when it comes to most buying decisions. All anyone has to do is look at Apple, uh, look at these high price products that people actually go online and look for the most expensive and buy it without much thought. But price is rarely the issue that you think it is. And I think that's probably been one of the major successes of Westwood because all of our sales staff, once they've been through training and working for six months, realized price is not the issue. The issue is, does that person believe truly that you can get them the type of results that they want or that you can provide them with what they're looking for, that you can help get over their fears of health clubs, if you can help them get started, if you can teach them what to do. They're the bigger issues. You know, when people look at Westwood and they say, how can a club that's charging the fees it does, you know, have 
35,000 members in six clubs, one club with 11,000 members. It's because we've realized a long time price is really the issue that it is. So it's been screened about for years. You do not have to compete on price. And if you try it, you're probably going to run into difficulty unless you're Planet Fitness, who is a huge chain of these clubs and has, you know, basically taken over that end of the market. But for most people, it's not the issue that you think it is. And that, like, you know, when I train salespeople, Rachel, what I'm saying to them is I'm going to train you to sell membership at $300 a month. Well, we use dollars because we're talking the States. I'm in Europe. And um, so say like, we're going to train you to have an enrollment fee of 1200 euros and 500 euros a month or 300 euros a month. Now, when you present the price and it's not that it's only 599 enrollment fee and 79 enrollment fee, it suddenly seems cheap. So really, it's not that the price is the problem, it's that have you created enough value that that price is not a problem. But, you know, I love it when I have club beside me that keep dropping the prices. I just love it. It, yeah. it makes selling so easy. <laughs> yeah, well, and then a lot of sales too is just making a connection with someone. Um, and I just kind of yes. bring that up because recently I joined a gym based solely off the fact that I felt like the person I was talking to actually wanted to help me. That's everything, Rachel, everything. You know, and um, sometimes people's perception of a great salespeople is they're sharks and they're slick. It's, it's just not true. You know, best salespeople that I've worked with are very unassuming, very low key, softly spoken, are certainly not your high fivers. I mean, People that I interview that come into sales and think it's about, you know, high five, wow, ting, they usually don't survive that long because they're not prepared to learn the system and everything else. You know, it's funny when you talk about what your story there, when I'm watching salespeople, okay, in our clubs, and I've said this many, many times to the sales, because we've grown sales managers now are allowed to pick their own. If I saw a new salesperson, not say a new, even three month salesperson, and I saw them do 20 sales in a row and if i saw on each sale presentation they were in a sales office with that person for 15 to 20 minutes each one 15 to 20 minutes if they were in the office for 15 to 20 minutes with a potential member and they did 20 sales presentation and nobody bought if they failed in every one i'd still be happy with that salesperson because what i've realized is that salesperson is able to stay in an office with somebody for 15 minutes keep a conversation going ask lots of questions find out what that person's looking for, empathize with that person, look them in the eye. And really at that stage of the sale, I want to help you here. If they're doing that and they're not closing, well, we can deal with that. We can teach them the other techniques as we go. But that ability to be able to look at somebody and just focus on them and say, I want to help you. I mean, one of the things I often teach salespeople is, particularly when they're starting off and they find things difficult, they say, look, don't be worrying about closing a sale. The most important thing when you're in the first 85%, don't be worried about that, just follow the system. And I say one way that makes it easy is to ask questions, is pretend, and just look at them in the eye and pretend this is your father, your mother, your overweight sister, your grandfather, your grandmother, your Auntie Mary who never walked inside a club. Ask the questions as if you were asking them and you'll usually be fine because you will look at them and you'll come across as somebody who wants to help them. You will say, you know, have you ever trained in a gym before? No. Do you know what cardio is? Don't worry about that. I'll be able to explain that to you. What exactly are you looking to do here? And if you if you do that, you tend to come across as somebody who wants to help somebody. 
Yeah, like we were kind of talking about earlier before we officially started the podcast, a lot of people are looking for those quick fixes or the quick things that they can do to be successful. But a lot of times it's just as simple as, you know, genuinely caring about the prospect and just taking the time to have a conversation. Absolutely. As you say, Rachel, we were talking about that. <laughs> there are no quick fixes. As I said, when people ask me, how is Westwood so successful? You know, what's the secret? And I say, there's only one secret, hard work every day, 365 days a year. I have not found any shortcuts. It is literally, look at your sales. Is it professional? Are you using professional sales systems, professionally trained? Look at your marketing. Is that professional? And you know, Rachel, a lot of times it's not. You know, we wouldn't let anybody near marketing who has not got a degree in marketing. They just wouldn't be allowed near it. All our sales teams, um, I'd say 85% have sports science degrees. So it's again about professionalism with your classes, with your product. Are you doing professional market research? Even if you get it wrong, are you attempting to be very professional in everything that you do? And yes, you know, in good clubs, you know, sometimes people, when I present, they'll think that we only think about sales. But you have to remind them that the topic of the presentation is sales. But we take retention just as serious. You know, we, we, we really do. But, you know, one question I get asked sometimes is, what's more important, sales or retention? Personally, um, sales, because, you know, you can't retain anybody that didn't buy. Uh, but that doesn't mean re we think retention is less important as such. We are fully aware that everything we do in retention costs money and it has to be paid for. Um, so it's, you know, have members, have clients and do everything in your power to keep them. But yes, that ability you know over and over again to really care about potential members and and i have a you know that's what you want to do you want to help them because most people let's be honest it's a good product we sell we're not selling bad products here we're selling health fitness wellness longevity a longer life and all the things that go with it you know yeah well, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the Club Solutions audience that you think would be beneficial for them to know in regards to sales and any final pieces of advice? There was one. I mean, the, the other thing I would say to you is, is the idea of technology and sales. There is no doubt there's more and more technology being sold to clubs and businesses with the idea that this will make sales easier. Um, and there's no doubt that some of it does, but one needs to remember that most sales software, whether that is, and I'll name the brand, Salesforce, HubSpot, Microsoft Dynamics, and all of them, the real way to look at them is as sales enablers. They help the salespeople do a better job. They're not going to replace sales staff. It's just nonsense in anything you read. But they're hugely powerful tools if they're done right. Like we would use, I would say that any fitness club or fitness business that wants to take sales or marketing serious today, the number one is make sure you have a content managed website that is dynamic and that you're changing things on a regular basis. You're taking the customer, you're presenting a great picture and you have full control over that. There are other things is you've got to have a CRM system. There's some great CRM systems out there to becoming more sophisticated all the time. Well, they claim to become more sophisticated all the time. I'm not so sure. Lead forms is another way to get leads. That's a big thing about technology. It hasn't changed selling face-to-face. -face. It hasn't changed selling when you phone somebody. But the lead generation has just been revolutionized by sophisticated CRM systems, lead forms, content managed websites, and all of that being driven into a website. I mean, literally, the day of having to go out in the street and beg for names is long gone. 
you know, we don't even have to beg new members for names. I mean, I worked in the industry when a new person would join and you'd pull out a sheet and get three more names. If you're doing it right, there really isn't a need to do that. At our clubs, we get so many leads, the biggest challenge is actually getting back to them. Um, so that's where great marketing automation systems, the one we use is, um, oh, geez, I remember all this now, we use Microsoft <laughs> Dynamics and Click Dimensions is the one we use. So basically, if you go on our website and you apply for something, marketing automation is set up to send out autoresponders and follow-up emails and schedule appointments and you know no-show emails, etc. Um, the other one is SMS is a very powerful tool. Okay. What a Text. time to be in sales, right? <laughs> oh, it's a great time to be in sales. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, which is an interesting one, Rachel, because when I look at the fitness industry and where you work in the fitness industry, you can be a fitness instructor in Europe. You can be a personal trainer. You can be in management. I mean, and you can be in sales. And there's no doubt that when I started you know, I did a degree in marketing and I, and I was kind of in the fitness industry. You know, the idea that you would have a degree in marketing when I started and stay in the fitness industry was just alien to anybody. Everybody thought it was absolutely mental. But as an industry and what, you know, Club Solutions has done an incredible job. Earth has done an incredible job to grow this industry where it is an industry. And you can work in it in all different levels from fitness instruction. But sales is a great, great way to make a very good living. It's a great way to learn about the business side of the industry. Uh, no doubt about it, technology, you know, from uh, social media, advertising, digital marketing is a big part of it now, which means constant, constant learning. Yeah, yeah. Any other pieces of advice? Well, do you know what? Here's, here's the best bit of advice I'd give, if I can sum this up. You know, when I present, I usually present these 15 or 16 things and I say it ranges from developing a strong culture, think strategically about your product, your marketing, make sure you have a great product, selling, sales training, sales management, database management, lead generation, digital marketing, social media. And I like to say to people that there's awareness and branding and retention and marketing technology, if you could only pick one, if you had only picked one, make sure you're in the right location. That's the first thing. Number two, if you could pick two, have a very professional sales system, because I truly believe that if you have very little money, you know, if you can get some leads and you have a sales system, you can compete against anybody. The rest, yeah, you can pay for once you do that. But the number one would be have sales system and sales training, sales training, sales training, sales training would be the, the big thing. And finally, what I would say to any clubs, you know, you see the arrival of budget clubs, you know, home exercise you see the arrival of new competition. And everybody asks the question, what's the biggest threat to the fitness industry? And I, I've always said, look, I don't believe that the biggest threat to, the fit, to your club, let's say your individual club, is a budget club. It's not a threat of a 24-hour club. It's not a threat of home exercise. It's not a threat of anything. The biggest threat to any fitness club is itself. Absolutely, 100%. We live by that at Westwood. The biggest threat to Westwood is Westwood Club. And anybody else, yeah. and the reason I say that is your competition do not decide your marketing, your competition doesn't decide your sales system, your competition doesn't decide how often you have sales training or who you hire or what you spend on digital marketing or what effort you put in or what products you buy. Your competition doesn't decide any of that. The only person who decides that is you. And if in honesty, budget club opens up beside you, what it really does, it exposes your weaknesses. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I think that's a great note to end on. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to share all of this advice with our audience. I think you gave some really awesome stuff. So again, thank you for your time. Thank you, Rachel. And, and again, if anybody wants to email me with any questions or anything like that, they can email me. If they have any questions about sales or marketing, I'm always happy to share any of that. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I will say, and I'm not just saying this because I'm doing your podcast, you tend to know good clubs if they're going on and reading what's on Club Solutions website. I, mean, <laughs> I always find it funny, but it is. I mean, all our managers do. It's a massive amount of information for free. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, it's a great, great site. It's got incredible articles there. But... Well, thank you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Not at all, Rachel. Here are the biggest takeaways from the conversation with Alan. One, it's really important for clubs to have a professional sales system that they're using to train all of their staff on and that they're doing that training on a consistent basis. Two, there's a lot of sales advice and tips and tricks out there. So it's really important for clubs to just find a proven sales system and stick with it. And lastly, when it comes to technology, you can't ever replace your sales team. So you really need to find a technology solution that is a great complement to them and that can really enhance their efforts. Thanks for listening.